My name's Jason King, and this is my Brit Restaurant. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my Mike Dorit. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel hustle alone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, O'Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe. A Hello and welcome to My Brit Rest Journey on bbgwrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the owner of Reach Wrestling and the manliest man in the building, Jason King. How are you doing, season, Jason? Uh, yeah, very good, thank you. Very good, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, a bit knackered. <laughs> a little bit. Me and my brother decided. Just, yeah, well, me and my brother decided the best time to go to the gym is at six in the morning. Now, so I'm just going to get off at like five o'clock if we want to go to the gym. I'm just, yeah, it's, it's kind of That's a good. Bit. Yeah. He's popped us it. I've only been going to the gym for five weeks after years of not doing anything. So now he's he booked us in for a circuit training tomorrow. So I'm going to die. This is probably going to be my last podcast ever at 6 a.m. Well, yeah. that's good. You know, yeah. there's only one last, one last <laughs> guest. Something I can take with me. Yeah. I was, I was half looking forward to it until I saw the guys at work and they looked at me like, you're going to die. And you have to come to work tomorrow as well. I was like, no, no. What am I signing myself up for? <laughs> yeah. Is your job a physical job or is it more mental? It's a, it's an office job, so we'll be just sitting there answering the phone all day. But... You, you may find that you, I used to have an office job. Um, mm. And if I would train in the mornings, which I admit was rare because I always prefer to train after work, but if I ever did a morning session, I always felt more alive, more ready to go, yeah, that, that's, more yeah. ready to conquer the day. Yeah, so about it, yeah. Mm. Get you through it. Yes, maybe. I, I, I've noticed I've got, I've got a lot more energy recently, so it's pretty fun. Good. Yeah, that work out and do that for you. There is, there is absolutely no way. The smartest person, just my personal life, the smartest thing I ever did for myself ever was do gym. Start working out, start lifting weights. Mm-hmm. That in particular, lifting weights, it just opened so many doors for me that weren't open before. Just so many. I mean, yeah. I, I cannot recommend to anybody enough. And I think the problem is when you hear a professional wrestler say that, you think, yeah. oh, yeah, i got to go in there. i got to be a big bodybuilding champion. And i got to be on steroids. And i got to eat. Boiled chicken and rice every day. I don't do any of those things. No. Um, not any of those things. I'm in good physical conditioning. Uh, I'm in shape. My body's healthy. Uh, but, I, but I don't, it's a lifestyle choice you choose. But you can say now, if you've been doing this five weeks, you said so, you said that you got more energy. You, there's no substitute for the feeling of a good workout. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I'm talking anything. And I know people have got different ideas here, but, <laughs> but really nothing. Nothing beats a good, a new personal best, a new couple of seconds off your, your best 5K time, a new bench press PB. You come out of that gym feeling like King Kong or Mo Farah, and you think, I'm unstoppable. And you take that feeling to the rest of your day. There's nothing like that. Yeah, when, when I first got on the cross trainer five weeks ago, I was struggling after 10 minutes. But now I could quit. Yeah. I could do I could do. 50 I've done 50 minutes and I reckon I could have done more but I need to go get ready to go to work but yeah, so I'm yeah, see, that's clear improvement isn't it mm-hmm. measurable that's decent yeah good yeah and that, and that, that, them 10 minutes were on the lower settings as well I'm on like setting 8 now so I can do 40-50 minutes quite quite easily I think but yeah <laughs> wrestling <laughs> so how's your 2022 return to the Vingdom uh, well it, it didn't start well I uh I was in the main event of our, of our annual show, mm-hmm. the ball in the, in the Guildhall. It's the first one that we've done of that size. 
we drew 656 people. So it's in, yeah, it's based based on the crowd you get at each. It's like 600, yeah, we, 700 people. A lot of it, because we're down in Plymouth, there's a lot of British wrestling fans that probably don't know who we are and haven't seen any of our stuff. So until, unless we got some kind of deal with the WWE hmm. where we end up on the network, I imagine a lot of people will never quite know who we are. The wrestlers, the talent we have down here, uh, the, the, you know, the, our shows, we have wrestlers from around the country telling us it's the best production they've ever been part of yeah. uh, in British wrestling. And it was very, you know, sweet and everything to hear that. And it was just really nice because we put so much bloody work in to that show to make that sort of success mm. that weirdly, any less than sort of being told how good it was, but it made me feel like, God, why am I putting put in for nothing? It's, it's, it's not an arrogance thing, it's, a, mm. it's just the confidence of knowing you absolutely gave everything you had to the show, which we did. We gave everything we'd got. And, and if it had come off like any other show, then I would have said to myself, I'm in the wrong game here. I think I'll do something else for a living. Mm. Because that extra level of effort we put in to make this thing special, I think it was felt by a lot of, there's a ripple effect for a lot of fans, a lot of wrestlers, which I liked. Um, it was a real cool feeling uh, just to, I guess, be be a part responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Just to be one of the kind of cogs in that big wheel there, that big machine. It's just nice to know that we could do something like that. It was our first go. The critical side of me says, well, look, I need to change this and that, and this could be better, and that could flow better, and that needs to be amended. But at the end of the day, if I just scrape it all back and say, we're the first company in, in possibly 30 years of British wrestling being around Plymouth, we're the first company to ever sell out the Guild Hall. Mm. We required additional seating. We sold out and then needed additional seating. Wow. That is that is the support of our fans. We call them the Reach Army. Yes. And they really, truly are an army. I mean, they just, they let you know if they don't like what you did. And if they're happy with a the night, they'll tell you. And mm. I love it. Like, I love some wrestlers say, oh, fans overstep the mark. And I think, okay, if they get partial, they overstep. I get that. If they stop prying your private life. But I have absolutely no problem with a fan telling me, I've seen you do better than that. And yeah. I think, well, what do they know? Right? I'm, I'm the expert. I'm the one in the ring. But then if a fan says to me, I just feel like I've seen you this night when I want to see wrestling this person. I felt there were, I, I listen and I say, okay, what do you think of the whole show? And often I'll get good one tonight or I'll get, and I'll say to them, honestly, I don't know. This one didn't flow as well to me. And mm. now some will say, oh, no, because they want to kiss your ass. Oh, no, it's a great show. Others will say, yeah, to be fair, I preferred, I don't know, when you were in Exeter, I preferred Tavistock. Yes. And I love to hear it. I love hearing it because our bread and butter, uh, the way we eat, I don't get fed if our fans don't buy tickets. So I like to hear from the people who put food on my table. I'm receptive to the feedback. I want to yeah. know what wrestlers do you want to see? What wrestlers don't you want to see? What wrestlers are, uh, is, are getting heat? You know, I can see this stuff. I can, I can understand from watching, but I also like to hear it. Will I always uh, agree with everything everybody says? No. But good God, they bought their ticket. Let them speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let them say, our job's to entertain them. And if we're good at our job, we will sell the story. And they'll buy it if it's good. But I, I hear often, I'm going down the rabbit hole a little bit now, mm-hmm. but I often hear people say, wrestling fans are stupid. And I think anyone who says that is a moron. Definitely. Anyone who says wrestling fans are stupid is a moron. These are people that take time out of their day. They spend their hard-earned money, a job they probably don't like, to come and, and watch you perform. They pay for you to do something you love. These people are not stupid. These people are loyal. 
and they give a shit. I hope you don't mind me saying the old swear word. That's fine. (laughs) Thank you. They they give a shit and they really care about how good the product is. If the stories, there's a difference between someone they don't like winning and them going on it, I don't want him to win, and you trying to feed them something that is horseshit. There's a big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, and I like it. I like being told. God, I want about as a he was a baddie. Uh, I want about uh, and uh, man, their faces silence in the ring, absolutely silence. And I thought, oh, I got you. <laughs> now, that's experienced performer. I might think, oh no, that's bad news. Well, that's really yeah. bad. I was dead happy because I'm looking for a moment of silence before they boo. Yes, I'm looking for that moment of disbelief. I'm looking for that moment of what the hell just happened. Man, they were sour faces, arms folded. People with their heads down, and I thought, oh, you didn't like oh, that, did amazing. you? <laughs> you know, and the the ultimate comeuppance came, and there was a, a huge eruption when I got my uh, uh, my backside handed to me. They trust in the story. They know. In mm-hmm. that moment, they left. If you asked them, how was the show? I'm sure they'd say, good show. I'm annoyed he won, but they thought it was a good show. Yes. Because the, the story was good. What we presented them was good. We didn't insult their intelligence. Mm-hmm. The product was good. And they probably knew deep down, He's got to get his comeuppance at some point. He's got And when that came about, there was a great deal of happiness. I'm still getting shit for it now. So we've done on top. Definitely. <laughs> uh, hey, good brothers. This is Sunset Skip, and you are listening to the Broken But Glorious podcast. I listened to your interview with Tian Tights, and the one thing I did yeah. take away from that interview was your passion for your academy students. So do you want to give us a bit about the academy before we go into your upcoming shows? Cool, my friend. If we, if you start me off, you're going to have to cut me off. You're going to have to. Um, uh, no man or woman mm. has ever cared any more than I care. They may have been at school longer. They may have uh, put more reps in over the years, but not one cares any more than I. It's just not possible. To, you couldn't give them any more than I'm giving these. I don't have any more to give them. They're like my kids. They're like my children. And it, it's just, it's, I don't have any, I don't have any kids of my own. Me and my partner don't have any children. But it's these guys and girls are like my kids. Or they're like, they're all just family. Some might be older brothers. Some might be younger brothers, younger sisters. Some might be like cousins to me. But they're all family. And I came through in British wrestling. Still at that time where you could haze people. I was around when the hazing was on. Yes. And there were people that were needless, they were bullies. And you couldn't stand up to yourself as a man and say, you know, something to the tune of uh, me and you right now. You know, let's do it. And one of us is, you know, one of us is going to fuck, you know, sort of sit there with his thumb up his ass and face in the mud kind of thing. You, you couldn't, you couldn't say, let's go at it, me and you right now. It, it had to be, yes sir, no sir, three bags, full sir. Even if somebody was being a right piece of work, mm-hmm. it's because they had uh, status or stature or experience. <laughs> and these, these were men that, let's just be honest. Uh, rule number one, by the way, it's the first time you've met. Rule number one for me is no yes. lies. Yeah. Right? We never lie. Sorry, so you, I will never lie. If people don't like it, they stick up their ass. I don't care. Right? There's no lies. I'm getting, I'm getting heated already. <laughs> like, they're talking about it. Uh, reality is, a lot of these people that were bullies in British wrestling had never achieved anything. They'd never achieved anything. But in their minds, they had psychosomatically told themselves, "I'm somebody." And when a new guy or a new girl walked through the door, oh yeah, I can give them a tough time because I'm somebody. In that locker room, they were somebody because they'd been in this job a long time. The, when I started meeting guys from the WWE and stuff like that, nine out of ten were the nicest guys in the locker room, the most yeah. helpful, the most genuine. And very quickly, I began to realize 
these guys that have been there and done it have got the T-shirt and have worn it time and time again want to help because they know what it's like to not make it. Yes. They're not bitter. They've made it. They've made the money. They've done their time. They just love pro wrestling. They have a great affinity for pro wrestling and they want to help everybody. These guys that were kind of nearly men or perhaps not even nearly men, perhaps they just never quite got where in their own minds they should have got. You know, everybody's a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a, a legend in their own mind as the story goes. And I think a lot of these, these guys I met coming through, uh, they were, they were bullies. They were not good people. And I watched them constantly give people a hard time. I was on the, the end of it once, one time in the locker room. And I yeah. said to myself, well, I'm not doing that again. I said, never again, never again. And, and I didn't, to my credit. And I think a lot of it was down to, I didn't know at the time how to conduct myself. I should have just taken on the, that was such nonsense. Mm-hmm. I have to take on the chin, this hazing, because I'm the new guy. Where else, like, there's hazing somebody. Um, there's hazing somebody in good jest, a new guy. Make him run around a little bit or, I don't know, mm-hmm. take him for a night out and get him a little bit more drunk before he's, before he's, you know what I mean? But yeah. some of the things, there was outright bullying that went on. And I mean, outright bullying. And I don't like bullying. Never like bullying. I've never, it's never made, if you got to bully somebody, it's a weakness in yourself. Mm-hmm. If you think Definitely. that you can make somebody else feel, feel small or weak, that's usually just a reflection of themselves. And a lot of that used to go on. So one of the big things, bringing it back to my academy, mm-hmm. one of the big things is that I don't like anybody to feel excluded. I don't like anybody to feel like they're left out. I don't like anybody to feel like they're not part of the team. And we we build our guys, their confidence. I see guys come in overweight, uh, yeah. not an athletic bone in their body. We got a guy 24 stone when he walked through the door. Oh, wow. He's four. Yeah, 17 stone now. And he's one of the best, what they call in the business, workers. That's what they call him. I don't know why, but he's what they would call one of the best workers. Um, in our entire company, can have a match with anybody. Main event, opening match, it, good as gold. I mean, mm-hmm. if he knows I'm talking about him, I have to call him a piece of work. But, <laughs> but, um, but like, one of the best we've got in the school. Uh, five years experience now, um, good, solid, what I would call a hand, good, solid hand, knows how to do the job. Mm-hmm. Bit of a locker room leader at times when he needs to be. He'll put the pressure on the younger guys, but he won't put heat on them in the way that's... Um, nasty. He puts it on in a way that you can do better than that. You know you can. Yes. Work harder. Put a bit more in. Because he was with me in an old training school before Reach. Kind of the place that inspired me to start Reach. <laughs> mm-hmm. enough. Uh, well, there was no wrestling ringing. Every week, the promoter's telling me, yeah, yeah, the ring will be here next week. And I said, if I tell these guys that the ring will be here next week, the ring <laughs> needs to be here. Because that's yeah. my word. Mm-hmm. This promoter, he's typical British wrestling promoter. Um, he's just like, yeah, the ring will be here. Turn out there's no ring. Go on, can I throttle him or what? Honestly, wow. it's embarrassing for me back then because I have to say to these guys, guys, I'm sorry, he said the ring would be here and it wasn't here. And one day too many, he said the ring would be there and it wasn't. I just quit. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm off, I'm done. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So, but he, a few of the guys stayed with me. Uh, Lucky and Heath, two guys, and give him a little shout out there. Um, yes. Lucky and Heath came with me from the, from the old place to reach. And they've been around at times when there was, uh, guys in training schools with no ring. I get it. And I'm sure they can teach lots of different holds. And But at the end of the day, there's no substitute, right? There's really no substitute for being in the ring and using the ring and, and getting used to the space and the movement required in the ring. And, and there are some British tech guys in this country, I understand, that can, you know, give you 25 different reversals from an arm bar and another 50 from a hammerlock and a headlock. And, you know, I, I get it. I get all that. Fine. It's great and everything. 
But at the end of the day, you only use three or four months anyway. But at the end of the day, right? <laughs> the end of the day, like you, you need a bloody ring. You yes. can't say to people who've never trained in a ring, right? Get in a ring and have a match. You just ain't right. So we've got two rings now at uh, reach. We've got a show ring and a, and a training ring. And we often take the ring up and set the ring, and set the ring up, take it down. That's part of training. Yes. One of the really important things is knowing how to do your ring. And we have our more senior guys lean on the, the lesser guys when they need you to say to them, come on, this is how you break in the proper way. But nobody bullies anybody. No. Nobody gives anybody a, a, an outwardly difficult time because everybody wants to see everybody succeed. And each one of them is a pain in my fucking ass. Believe me. <laughs> a pain in my ass. Whether it's Jordan Sparks, who is, you know, top notch of what you could ask for. 21 years old, extremely mature, got his head screwed on. He's still a pain in my ass because there's still things I have to pull him up on. Yes. And whether it's, you've got Joe Costa, I think I mentioned it, he's the greatest athlete. He's just a natural athlete. He can do anything. But I have to pull him about his certain things. And then we get the older guys, whether it's, uh, <clears throat> whether it's, I've got guys that are older than me, start wrestling in their 40s. Hmm. I've got to say to them sometimes, come on, I haven't seen you in class in a while. Oh yeah, I went up to it and I'm like, ah, uh-uh, no excuses. Get, you know where you belong. Let's do the work. Uh, I mean, it could be the girls. It could be, I don't know, something they've heard. And they all come up to me and say, look, we heard this. And, and I have to have a bit of a sit down discussion. says, come on, ladies. Like, this is not what, <laughs> come on. We don't do this yet. It's not a playground. Mm. You know, but every single one of them, I love every single one of them. And there's not a thing I can do about it to change how I feel. I yeah. just, because I know deep down, they all had and have the same goal I had when I first broke in. They just want to do something they love for a living. They just want to be paid. They want to earn money, and they want to and they want to entertain. They want to perform. They want to be professional wrestlers. Do I make it easy for them? No. You get anyone on this podcast, none of them want to tell you I make it easy. No. Now, other coaches, we have coaches at the school. Four of us. We all teach different ways. But they know if they come into a Monday class, which is where I primarily teach, they know they're getting the conditioning. There's no way around it. No. Got no. <laughs> to go to work, and I, I teach a fundamentals class primarily, and. You, you start the fundamentals class. I don't care if you saw one of the wrestling in 10 years. We've had wrestlers come from all over the country come down for a session or two. Yeah. And I tell each, and each of them, I say, okay, you start in our fundamentals class. And they kind of have that feeling of like, hey, yeah, very funny. And I think, dude, I'm deadly serious. Like, you start in our fundamentals class. Everybody starts there. It's so that you can show two things. One, your competence to do the basic fundamentals required to be safe in professional wrestling. You need to be safe first and foremost mm-hmm. for anything. You need to be able to execute things safely. I'm sure that some people will be hearing what I'm saying now and be thinking, this guy's talking double dutch. What's all this? I just want to do head scissors and a, a hark and runner. What's all this safety? <laughs> but that is fundamentally what is required that's, first. That's the, great, that's the greatest art of professional wrestling is to make it look devastating, but do it in the safest way possible. <laughs> unfortunately, some of these guys you see, they do these fantastic athletic moves. And I'm just like, wow, I, I'm truly impressed. But then you hear that they're out for six months because it, and you think, oh man, like we could have taught you that. Like we could have built you up to doing that move, but mm-hmm. they don't want to build up to it. They just want to go, I'm going to do that double flip or that. I don't know the names of these things, but you can build them to that. But a lot of people in today's world, there's no patience. No. Nobody wants to be told, let's give you three months, let's give you six months. In their mind, six months may as well be six years. They want it now. They want it yesterday. They want it before they walk through the doors. They want to be John Cena money. Triple H world title reigns before they even walk through the door. You have to kind of remind them, come on. <laughs> we all start somewhere. You know what I mean? We all start somewhere. All of us. And I think our guys learn very quickly. 
you start in the fundamentals class. Because my thing is this, if you're any good, right, and you come to our class and you're in the fundamentals, very quickly I'll say, you wrestled before. And they'll probably say something like, yeah, I did a year here. Or I did, you know, this time there. And I'm like, you don't, right, you, you get, we'll promote you to the advanced class. You don't need to be in this class. But I need to see it. Yes. Because two definitely. things. One, I need to see it. I need to see they're safe and they're competent and their fundamentals are good. And two, they need to show the rest of our team, the rest of our family, that when the going gets tough, they'll get down and dirty. They'll do the ring. They'll clean the unit when it's clean in day. They'll, they'll help with post-doing days. I need my team that have been with me since day one to see, oh, this person coming in, yeah, they want to be part of the team like the rest of you. They want to earn your respect. Not just waltz in, you know, this is who I am. But I don't fly with what we do. No. Things are different in our school. You know, we don't do that. And uh, I think not so much anymore. When I used to talk like this, I think people, I used to hear things, you know, you, you can't take things second and third hand. But I often hear people say, oh, I hear people say, oh, it's not really like that. And I think by now enough words got round. I, I'm not talking nonsense. I'm telling you what happens. <laughs> this is the truth. We don't lie. And this is like, I think it's just a lot of places don't train how we train. So I think it, the feeling is almost like, well, that's not how you do it, or we don't do it that way. And that's fine. And everybody is welcome to teach their way. Everyone's welcome to do things their own way. But this is the way we do it. And I believe from day one, and I still believe, the success is speaking for itself. It didn't happen on day one. Took six months to a year. I mean, I want to do our first academy. So I remember in in, uh, in the January, I think it was uh, a year in. In the end, I, I think we went maybe a year and a half before our first academy show. I went from January. We waited to September. Yeah. I waited another eight months. I told all the guys, I think it's going to be January the first academy show. They're all cloud nine. Oh yes, I might get on. I might not get on. I told them. I said, I'm not going to tell you who's on until probably a week before. So just keep busting your ass, all right? But none of this, you know, because. You tell people they got a match and they ease up a little yeah. bit. I didn't want that for their first matches. So then, close to January came around, I said, we're not ready. No academy show. Man, were they deflated. But I like moments like that. Because mm-hmm. I said to them, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to quit? You're going to keep working? The day is going to come when you're ready. You're just not ready now. It's up to you. At that point, I don't think anybody quit. They were like, all right, it's going to work. We're going to get there. Um, but we waited an extra eight months because I just felt, ah, it's not. Anyone can put on an academy show and call it an academy show, mm-hmm. charge a fiver and put people in the ring that you don't pay because you think that's oh, a you know bit of a lower budget show. I'm just trying to give our students a chance to shine. And that's, that's nice. I think that's really sweet that they do that. Mm-hmm. But our academy shows are, are the real competent members of our roster, really the higher end. We have the Unit 10 weekly YouTube series yes. where I'm going behind the curtain a little bit here and give me a secret. Well, we can stop film and reshoot if needs be. If something goes wrong, where it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. for the newer guys to get a start, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, we have we have that process where you sort of begin on unit ten, then you get onto the academy show, then you get onto the main show. It's like a model where it gives them chance to build, so they get a bit of experience at the unit ten. They get some reps in in their matches when they become more competent, and and moreover with our audience, we debut them at a time when the audience, a live audience. It's kind of waiting to see them. And uh, we've seen that a few times with some of the guys and girls we've, we've debuted. They're waiting for them. Like, they're eager to see them. Because yes. they see them on Unit 10 all the time, and they see their promos. And they're like, come on, I want to meet this person. I want a meet and greet with them. I want to know how they tick, what they're really about. How do they perform live in person? What's their energy like? And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to break my arm and pat myself on the back, but I think we do a pretty good job of, of kind of doing that the right way. 
Again, it's not everybody's. Uh, thank you for saying that. I don't know <laughs> if it's everybody's model, but it's the one that we use, and so far, so good. Now the day may come where we've got to be um, proactive and change it, or even reactive. If business says no, that, that's not that model is not working anymore. Okay, so be it. We'll change and move with the time. But I still believe uh, in in good fundamental training. We've got Eddie Ryan, who said, you know, he's wrestling all over the bloody world. I mean, geez, I don't know how many countries he wrestled in. I don't care to ask him either. But oh, he's great. He's a good, uh, good Eddie. He's a good boy. I like it. Eddie's a good fella. He, um, he's wrestling all over the bloody world. He told me how many matches he had the other day. I nearly hit him just because I thought, like, how are you still walking? I think he said, <laughs> was it 1,000, 1,000 or something matches? Wow. I said, mate. I said, I'll be retired long before I have that many matches. A lot of it is like the holiday camp runs and the years of doing 200, camp, 200 camp shows in a year if you're on the full run sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I get it. He's done, he's done a camp show where I'm from. But I just think, come on, mate, your body, you know, like, how you must be feeling. And uh, he's world-traveled. He did the WWE and stuff. And he's done his, all over the world he's wrestled. So he brings a different perspective to perhaps what I bring. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Grayson Rings and Coaches who was taught at uh, the Knight family. Uh, in uh, Norwich, Norwich yeah. uh, Ricky Knight and his family, um, Paige's family. You know, he went there to train for nine months, so he brings in a, a a different style again. And our first real graduate from the academy was Joey Sutton. Yes, and we had him teach a fundamentals class now on a Wednesday, and he teaches slightly different to you'd think he'd teach like Neil Grayson, but he doesn't because he had a little bit of match experience. And now what he does is he says, "I'm going to teach you what I wish I learned." when I was coming up. And I kind of like that. Some coaches would get quite insecure on that and say, well, hold on a minute. But I like it because it allows me to see where perhaps there were flaws in our coaching. Perhaps there were areas where it's like, oh, we didn't teach enough of that. Well, let's work on that. We must always adapt because the game fundamentally is always the same. But on a on a lesser level or on a higher level, it's always changing pro wrestling. The styles people like and what people want and, and how you coach must always change. I can't coach the same way for 10 years, 15 years, because if I don't evolve as a coach or our coaching staff don't evolve their teaching, then we'll be stuck in the same place for 15 years. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we have, to, I told you, you have to cut me off. Like, Listen to me, I can't stop. Can I? Like, <laughs> once I start talking about the school, it's just, man, are you at, like, you get anyone on this podcast, oh, they tell you, they know my voice when they hear it. Yes. Because I absolutely will not allow, if they, let's be clear, if they, if they make a mistake, fine. Because we all make mistakes, we're human. We learn from our mistakes. They don't know something, they don't get in trouble for not knowing. I can't give somebody grief, they don't know something. I mm. say, okay, well, they'll teach you this thing. So when I know they know, and I know they've done it, and they start slipping, that's when it's time to kind of have that conversation that says, come on, you're better than that. It's not, it's not Jason's better than that. Jason, the coach, it's them as the performer, them as the student of this great business we love. They're better than that. And I won't allow them to slip. I mean, I just, I care so much because I wish I had somebody like me or a team like we have at our school, I should say, breaking my arm, pat myself on the back again, and I listen to them. Um, like our team that we've got is, is, I have like, I don't know. I used to probably say cocky comments like, oh, I put them up against any coaching staff. Mm. The truth is, I just wish everybody the best. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Every training school in the country, I say, good luck, God bless. I hope you keep turning up good talent. I hope you can make a good living. I hope they can make a good living. And let's produce some proper professional wrestlers. Let's all do it together. Let's all... I'd have no problems, right? Sending a few of my guys up to a training school in, in Gloucester. 
mm-hmm. um, Evil Wrestling. Let's do some shout outs. Sending them over to Wales. What's he called it now? He used to be called Dragon Pro. Brendan um, owns it. I can't remember. I, spoke to him the other day. I can't remember. Whatever he's called it, bless him. That's not in, to be insulting. Although, no. if he is, he'll you know him to come to John. <laughs> but um, he, he, I can't remember the name of it. I can't think of something ahead. Well, I've sent guys to Norwich before. I know there's a school in Lincoln. It's a long, long way for us. School up in Nottingham is another long, long way for us. I, I heard there's no school in Liverpool. I was offered the opportunity to do a, a week-long camp in Liverpool. I've been yeah, offered a chance to train up in yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, there's a new yeah. one's opened in Liverpool called Claw. So it's ran by the guys. What's it called, sorry? Claw. as a, a dinosaur claw. <laughs> it's, it's run by oh, uh, the guys. Sounds, you know, yeah, oh, well, good luck to them. See, yeah. I didn't know that. Maybe it's, I don't know a lot of people from North, and I have no doubt they probably don't know me, but most of them probably can't understand me the way I'm talking. But um, uh, I would suggest um, I would always be open to, at the very minimum, saying, right, why don't we, at our own expense, we'll send some guys to you, mm-hmm. and at your own expense, you send some guys to us. And I just think, at, before the session is through, if you know anything about pro wrestling, you'll be able to figure out very quickly, either, well, this comes to know what the hell he's talking about, should mm-hmm. be bloody coaching, or... Oh, this is good. This is a great experience for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And those kind of deep, that opens up business opportunities for everybody as well to say, well, actually, next time we send a car of our guys to you. And why don't you send a car of your guys down to us? Rotating talent, give them experience, get them on the road, learning about the business. It never hurts to do it. The only thing I would probably say with that is that you, you've got to be able to have the conversation that says to somebody, I don't think this is quite what I was hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would, Nobody knows everything, and we can all learn from each other. We must never close our minds off. It's very important that we remember that, that we can all learn from each other. I have a niece who's like 12 years old. She'll tell me what she does at school, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea that she's 12. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I'm learning from her, you know? And I think that we can all learn from each other. I just think you'll know pretty quickly, okay, we won't be coming here again. And the same goes for reach. You could send people down to us and say, I got feedback from them all. They don't like the way you teach. They're quite clearly don't, you don't know what you're talking about. I will never send people to your school again. I want to get on Twitter and badmouth you. In which case, I'd probably say, okay, you know, good luck, God bless. That's your call. Maybe, I'm, you know, this whole time, uh, we don't know what we're doing and, you know, we're buying people's silence. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. That's the thing. Cause there are successful schools. I mean, the bloody school in Norwich, WW is churning out, you know, oh man, I want it there. So, they're good friends of mine. The Knight yes. family, Ricky Knight, I talked to, and Roy, I love to death. God bless him. And good people they are. And, um, they, I mean, they have at one time 100 people on the books, 100 students. Yeah. And, uh, and it, they just, there's 100, 100 people wanting to learn this art. And down in our school, we got 50 something. Evolution lost to totally 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what Brendan's got in Wales. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I actually don't know, but, I, I do hope he, I know he'll do well. He's, he's all right, really. I don't like admitting that, but he's not a bad egg. Um, um, and then you've got Nottingham. And I saw a post on, I think he's called Sticks. Sticks, yeah. House of Pain. That's the guy, yeah. I actually met him. Um, because I'm usually quite primarily south, and I would guess he's probably up, up that way. But I saw a photo, he did a Dino Brown seminar. And I saw a photo on, you know, on his social media, I was scrolling past. There had to be 40 people in the ring. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's at least 40 people he's at his school. And there's Dutch up in Lincoln, um, uh, what do you call Fight Factory? Um, I know he does pretty well. I've met Dutch some years back. Mm-hmm. All these people coming through wanting to learn. And, and don't get me wrong, there are other schools, I'm sure. I'm sure there are lots of yes. other So I'm not trying to be disrespectful, not naming anybody. I'm just thinking of the ones that I know off my head. 
all these new people, male, female, and, and everything else in between, you know, that, that we are these days, they're all trying to learn this great art, right? And our duty is to teach it to them the best of our ability. And and our training style may not be for everybody. And those up the line, it may not be for everybody. And those in the East or those in the West, it may not be for everybody. But shit, nothing stops you going around to a few different schools trying your thing. Mm-hmm. If Definitely. you really, really want to be a professional wrestler, the opportunity certainly exists in the Southwest here with us and in a greater capacity than it ever has. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. I think anybody that, that trains in our school or has been around this part of the country would openly admit that our success rate is the greatest of anyone in the Southwest in, in history. Mm-hmm. And that's not a like a, a puff your chest out moment. That's just the reality of perhaps where wrestling was in the Southwest. There's one thing I was told for a long, long time when I first broke in, you've got to go north, you've got to go north. I'm getting told all the time, if you really want to make it in this business, go north. And I'm like, that's a long ass way for me to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, Birmingham is three hours, whatever it is, like, and Coventry is three and a half. I said, like, I don't want to go that far every single time. Go to Liverpool, go to Manchester, go to Birmingham, go to London, which is three hours away. I'm like, why can't we do it here? Why can't we have it here in, in the Southwest? And three years later, I'm very proud and very yes, passionate. Definitely. We can see. Um, you can't shut me up once I get going. So yeah, <laughs> you know, you cut me off. <laughs> like I'm pretty much done. I think I'm just really proud that we've been able to to bring something of the quality that we have that, that kind of says, um, that sort of says, look what we've got. Um, you know, this is a place where you can learn and there's a structure and there's world travel coaching and, and, and there's the opportunity. If this is something you want to do for a living, then come to work. Embrace the grind. As we say at the school, you, you buckle down, embrace the grind. The you that walks through the, de- the door on day one, I say this all the time, is not the you three months from now. Is not the you six months from now. They're, they're completely different people. Your mm-hmm. mindset, your confidence, your physical, your physical look, a different person three to six months from the day you walk through the door. Definitely. It's a grind. Yeah. I'll shut up because I keep, I keep going forever. <laughs> so if, if somebody wants to get involved with the school, how do they get them? Touch is a website. Check us, check us out. Um, we're on the uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we don't use the Twitter very much. I'm poor using this player. I don't know why. I'm deleting Twitter. I don't know why we got it. Um, we're on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I barely Twitter. use my Twitter now. <laughs> it's very. One thing I learned about Twitter, I tried to have my own personal Twitter a few times. Mm. I couldn't do it because all I found was everyone, everyone was like very ass kissy and brown nosy. And like, there's a lot of begging going on on Twitter. And I just was like, come on, uh, where's this go to work feeling? We go to work in our life, not just wrestling, in life. We get up, we go to work. That's what we do. That's how we are. And that's how we grow. We grind and we, we, you know, and you get lucky breaks along the way. But it's funny how many lucky breaks come along when you bust your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah, and the thing is, Twitter was very like, I found it to be very buggy. And I started to see people that I knew in a different light because I'd seen some of the things they were tweeting, some of the things that they were like retweeting and some of the comments they were making, I was like, what are you doing? Like, you were talking to me in the locker room last night about this person. And next day on Twitter, you, you're saying how great they are because you think they'll get you some work. And I just was like, why are you, that's not being real. That's lying. And I, we know rule number one. Yes. And I'm just like, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, don't. Why? So uh, for me, couldn't do Twitter too much. I think the Reach has got a Twitter account. I'm a big boxing fan. And the Reach has got a Twitter account. So now, we, I just follow all the boxing pages to get all the boxing news. To be yeah. honest, and I occasionally post on Twitter trying to update stuff, but we, we don't really primarily use the Twitter. But Facebook, uh, we have a website, reachwrestling.com, where our email is on that one, mm-hmm. uh, information about tool. 
uh, with Instagram. Uh, that I said to it, I think we got one more. I know we used to have Patreon, but that one didn't work out, so we let that go. Let yeah. the Patreon go. But we got the the Instagram and Facebook, and, and check the website, retrusting.com. Um, and, and one big thing I would also say, I, I try not to go too long on this one, is if you're scared, the least you can do is send a message. Yes. Just send a message and say, look, I, I want to try it. If they hear this podcast and they hear me speak, they'll know there's no lies. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But equally, I'm not going to make it sound harder than it is. No. Don't get pressured at our school. We don't pressure you to do anything. If you really cannot do it, then we'll say, okay, we'll boot up to it. You know what I mean? There's none of this. No one's coming in doing moonsaults on day one. People want to, but I'm like, that's not what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the work's hard, but you get out what you put in. I would say, if, I think we do, we do taster sessions mm-hmm. for 10 quid. So I mean, in London, that's the price of two pints. So for the price of two pints, you can come and do a three hour taster session. I mean, I just, for me, like, I don't know what, I don't know how many people come to me and say, I'm a wrestling fan. I've always wanted to know if I could do this. And they surprise themselves. Honestly, the amount of them that surprise themselves and they're like, how am I doing? And I'm like, how do you think you're doing? And they're kind of like three weeks in. They're like, I don't know, but I think I'm getting it. And I'm like, brother or sister, I'm like, you're coming on now. Can you feel it? Yes. And we'll put together just two or three little moves. And they'll do them, and they give me a look like, I did it, didn't I? And, I, and you're kind of like, yeah, you did. Remember yeah. week one when you couldn't, you know, move that way or turn that way? Mm-hmm. And now they're like, I put, and it's funny because then a year from then, someone new will come through the door and be like, I'm just really worried because I can't do a forward row and I'm not very athletic. And then they'll stand up proud and say, yes. when I started, you know, I couldn't do this. I weighed this. I looked like this. My confidence was non-existent. And, and, you can tell the new guys look at them thinking, mm. oh, yeah, you've been paid to say that. Come on. Because they won't believe it when they see yeah. how far they've come. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's funny. Sounds amazing. It's so funny. But you see it time and time and time again. And the same people in the beginning that were like, I'll never get this. L.A. Taylor is a great – I use her as an example. Yes. L.A. Taylor, is. she's doing very well. And I, I tell this story all the time. She, I don't think she ever minds. She's never told me not to. So she will probably admit herself too left feet when she started. Not an effort, not – yeah, no, I wouldn't say an athletic bone. Very flexible, but she just wasn't athletic. She wasn't the right shape. She wasn't the right. She had a lot of potential, but and she worked very hard. Make no mistake, good worker. She's she's what I call a bloody worker. She works people. Um, but <laughs> she worked. She worked very very hard to get herself to the level of conditioning and the presentation of her character required. Mm-hmm. If you saw her now. The young lady came into our school and saw her now. They'd be like, oh, my God, that's L.A. Taylor, right? That's the one I see at all these shows. That's L.A. Taylor. Thing is, talk to her. Or talk to a woman's champion, Aurora. Yes. Just talk to them. And they'll literally laugh and be like, I couldn't do this damn thing for eight months. I used to cry. I used to throw up. I used to want to I used to try them crying. I don't want to be arrested no more. And it puts you at ease because you realize, well, wait a minute. If they can do it, perhaps mm-hmm. I can do it. And it's all right me saying it as a coach who's paid to teach you this stuff. It's when someone like that, who isn't paid to say anything like that, pulls you aside and says, listen, you're you're doing better than I did when I was at your And they sort of think, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no trick. <laughs> there's no, no magic. It's just a bit of hard work. Yeah, definitely. I didn't mean to go on too long there, but my passion <laughs> is my passion. We don't apologize in life. It's just a lesson to remember for everybody. So we never apologize for our passion. If you're not hurting anybody and you're passionate about something, you've got to go get it. You've got, you give one life. And when you die, they throw dirt on you. 
or they burn you. <laughs> when you're gone, it's no good looking back saying, ah, I should have jumped off that cliff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the time to do it. It's when you're living, when there's, you know, air in your lungs. So this is my passion. So I won't apologize, but I know I go on a little bit, but in the same breath, I hope that the message is, you know, yes, coming out. Definitely. That's what I hope. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed listening to this. So I'll put the information for uh, your social media and the websites in the description below the interviews. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Jim Diehard, and you, you are listening to the Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Ooh. On the 1st of May, Reach presents Travis Stock Free at the Travis Stock at Town Hall. Four matches oh, yeah. announced so far? Uh, yeah, there will be another one coming. Um, there might be two more, actually. But we've got four announced so far. Heavyweight title match. Yes. Uh, Eddie Ryan will defend against Grayson, who wanted to retire, but got pulled back in uh, <laughs> less than uh, five weeks after his retirement. So there's a proper pro wrestling retirement where he says he's quitting and was back in the ring two weeks there. Um, he, uh, yeah, the amount of wrestlers who retired during lockdown who came back within weeks after uh, opening back up. Yeah. Of course. Man, I can't really say too much because... I kind of went through like a phase of nearly retiring a few times. Mm-hmm. And even fans were like, oh, here he goes again. I was like, oh, no, guys, don't lose me. It's a story later. But it's only time. We all think we can walk away from what is a, a, a fine business mm-hmm. at times when it wants to be. But it's like, your, it's like your, it's like our business is like your, like your dirty secret. It's like you can't, you love it and you'll always love it, but you, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps at times you shouldn't, but, but you just do. And you want to walk away from it, but you can't. It's something deep inside of us that makes us pro wrestlers. A lot of us are, are broken in some fashion. Something about us that attracts mm. us to this this outrageous business with cheap payoffs and long, long days on the road. Yes. And 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 honestly, cars breaking down and matches going wrong and getting your ass kicked two, three times a day on some shows, and you're thinking to yourself. You look at the paycheck and you say, what's the game here? What are we doing? <laughs> and yet you wake up the next day, all as hell, and you're like, can I wait to go again? Mm-hmm. And there's something about us pro wrestlers. Tough cookies. Yes. All of us, top to bottom. Tough, tough cookies. Because you can't do what we do. Uh, I think people on the street think that they can just get them. No, I can do that. Again, I always say to them, come on down. Come try. <laughs> it's not so that we can take liberties with them. It's not so no. we can hurt them. We don't do that. But it's just so we can say, okay, well, this is what we do here. This is give it a go. You know, Definitely. see what you think. But yeah, Tavistock, Grayson's retirement didn't quite go as planned. Ellie <laughs> Taylor, you mentioned already, she'll wrestle Aurora, woman's title. That'd be a good scrap. They scrapped before. Yes. Good old friends there from years ago. That'd be a nice one. I ain't seen that one in a while, so it'd be good to see how both of them I'm looking forward to seeing Ellie like Taylor. Taylor. She's kind of, she's, she's kind of getting a bit everywhere now. I just thought, so she hasn't yeah, quite made right. a name yet, but yeah. So it's a name that keeps popping she's up. The most, so, so, yeah. yeah, I think she's the most sort of sought after. Uh, female that we've produced. Mm. She might be the most sought after talent we've produced, to be honest. She um she's done a good job of she markets well and she she's out there like doing her thing and and to be honest with you, you can only be happy for her because yes. again, like I said earlier, she knows how to work this business. She knows how to make it work for her. She's sensible. She says the right things to the right people. She works hard and. My understanding that I haven't seen, I haven't coached her in a long, long time. Um, but she, but she primarily desires, from my understanding, to still get better and better and better. So yes. you're doing all this work that she's getting 
But I still believe from the last conversation we had that she still wants to get better. And that's a good attitude to have because we can all rest on our laurels. I don't believe she does that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's her, her thing. Uh, Lucky wrestles country big. Lucky, he's one of the lads I said that came with me from PWA. Yes. He's been a grinder for years. Four or five years he's been doing this. And I think he just, um, he just, he's been grinding, you know. He's been grinding and grinding and grinding for so long now. And he, I think he's finally starting to get that, that acknowledgement from the audience. Mm-hmm. I think they're starting to see him as a player and team. It took him a long time. Not everybody arrives on day one. Different people arrive at different times. Mm-hmm. He's got a wrestle country big. He's a uh, 10, 12 year pro, one half of our tag team champions. He's no joke. Big solid no. anyway. He's been in the game a long, long time. And, uh, it's the kind of match where if Lucky could get a win there, you, it would, I think in the eyes of the fans, you'd finally sort of open your eyes and say, oh, well, we've got something there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think legitimizes. Legitimizes. I think that he, um, I think that he just needs, he just needs, um, something like that. Cause he's trying to, he can't be taught a few times. He's unsuccessful. I think he just needs that little sort of bit extra. Um, just needs that little, that next, that he needs that first win. To, he's beaten our former Academy champion on title match and then he ended up scrapping for the belt and losing again. He just needs that, he needs that something moment for people to suddenly go, mm-hmm. we've arrived. And if we over country big, as tough as it may be, I think that would, that would be his arrival. Yes. And there was a tag match, wasn't there? Return yes. of Joey Seven. We yes. spoke about Joey. He's on a team with, uh, Toby Valentine, a young Toby. He's got a heart of gold and, uh, he really, farm strong. He's never been a, a true word spoke in our business. He bloody hell is he farm strong. He's yes. naturally strong, and he's a farmer. Um, you got to hear him talk. His accent's incredible. He's got a proper southwestern accent. Mm. And if you've never heard like a, a southwest accent, boy, he's got it in in spades. But he, um, <laughs> him and Joey will take on the. Uh, it's an old old sort of warhorse team, really. Um, winners and sinners. Uh, they've been around twelve years, fifteen wow. years. Yeah. Good pair, solid pair. Know the game, been in it a long time. Done the rounds, done the reps. And they'll look at a team like Joey Seven and they'll look at a team like Toby Valentine and they'll see that you're both, you know, got one half hour, bloody experience, you know, uh, you know, and they'll look at that as like, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're the old guard, but we ain't done yet. Whereas I think Valentine and Seven will look at it as like, well, it's a stop. If they can yes. take it, let's have a stop for May 1st. We return to the town hall. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, you got a June show as well. I have not made notes. Yeah, we're down in Cornwall, mm. the beautiful part of Cornwall. Um, we've got St. Austell. It's a lovely venue down in St. Austell. And we, um, we're down there June 25. And, uh, <clears throat> we're down there June 25. And, uh, that will be our return to St. Austell. We haven't announced any matches yet. No. But we, uh, we haven't announced any matches yet. But we will in due course. We'll have, uh, some qualifier matches for our July show, for our main event in July. So the Southwest Championship. Oh, wow. We'll crown the first champion in the main event in July. That'll be super cool. Nice new belt. Um, uh, one of our students who's 16 talked me into buying it. I don't know how he did it, but he convinced me to buy this damn thing. Then I was like, what am I going to do with this nice belt we've got? Uh, I don't know how he, I don't know. I have to ask him. <laughs> but he convinced me to do that. With about an hour of him talking to me about it, mm. I just, we, we got it designed, got the colors changed exactly how I wanted them and ordered the damn thing. Within a week it was here. I said to him, <laughs> what just happened? So now we've got the, that'll be kind of like our, uh, our intercontinental title, our US title. That'll be our, Yes. Or, uh, the upper mid card championship that guys can, once they pass the academy championship on that level of competition, they can move up before they get to the main event and see how they can hang with the best in the country. 
so that'll be our takes takes over while you're on the university. While you're on, you got it, my friend. Yes. Good researcher. Yes, and that'll be July second. Tickets are moving fast for that one. Uh, we're into just under triple figures, I think it was last time I checked. So oh, wow. another hundred and fifty or so, another two hundred to go. But we'll start the advertising for that one uh, within the next week or so. <clears throat> We start stepping it up, so then we'll probably see some numbers sort of fly through the roof a little bit. So good show that will be, good main event lined up, ten person battle rule for the first ever Southwest Championship. Yes. But we've got in St Austin some qualifying matches for that one to give people the chance to um, give people the chance to uh, qualify uh, and get involved. And it can only be one first ever. Mm. So saying you're the first ever one is something quite impressive. Right, so I'll put. Ticket information for the shows in the description below the interview. Do you have any social media or merch stores you want to promote before we go? Uh, I'll merch stores down at the moment. We'll take it down just for a second while we're just um, recapping the stock we've got available at present time. But it will be back. It will be back on, uh, online. But they can find me, should they wish to, I'm active on my Facebook page. It's the page where I like, we used to have a fan page. Mm-hmm. But I changed it. You can find me on Jason King. You can add me. Um, I will put a little disclaimer out here. It can get weird, and there are a few weird ones. You start getting with me, I'm just going to delete you. There's yes. no, there's absolutely no. Again, I don't want wrestlers telling me what they thought of the show. I don't want to know what they think of my my ass and my privates. Like you don't need to tell me that. I'm a performer. No. I have a partner. I don't need men or women. <laughs> I don't need either of them. It, as flattering as it may be, I don't need you telling me what a great ass I've gotten, how great I look at my trunks, and that. you don't need to do that. So mm-hmm. if you want to just talk wrestling, by all means, you can add me and, and drop likes on the posts and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm all good for that because it's all good to discuss uh, something that we all love, which is pro wrestling. Let's make pro wrestling the focus. Not how I look in my trunks. (laughs) If we can do that, then uh, no problems adding anybody. I've got the Instagram, which is uh, official Jason King. I'm not as active on the old Insta. I try to be. I'm always posting on my story because I always see funny things in the world. So I always try to post a little bit on the story so you can always (laughs) see that. Uh, But I do try to stay active on, on the Facebook account. As long as you're not weird with things, then we can stay in touch. Definitely. <laughs> I'll, put, again, I'll put links in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. We've got to do it again in the future. I've got so many yeah. more questions. We didn't even get into anything about your wrestling career. <laughs> right. so, I told yeah. you, man, when we started that, I know what I'm like. You get me down a rabbit hole. Huh? And I just get going and going. I, mean, well, I loved it. I started, I my own podcast. I would just talk. I think people just put them to sleep, wouldn't I? I think people just fall asleep because it's just me going on and on and on. But I do appreciate your patience. You said, if you don't mind me going on like that, as long as it, it, yeah, I'm saying something of value. You yes. know what I mean? I, I enjoyed it. People listening. I don't want them to just think this guy's talking, you know, nonsense. I mean, they might not understand exactly what I'm saying. It might be that they don't quite grasp it initially. But hopefully, the more I talk, the clearer it becomes the message I'm trying to get across. Definitely. I would hope. I mean, I would also say one more thing at the end of this episode. There are already other wrestling coaches out there. Well, there are any uh, other schools or companies that want to work with somebody sounds like I sound and talks like I talk about. Let's talk. The worst you can do is not contact me. Mm-hmm. I'm always open to discussing. We are very busy as a company and we do a lot of subject jobs for a lot of other companies. So we're not always available. But we can always try to be. Yes. It's not me, like, but you're having problems getting through to one of our students. Drop us a message. So the least we can do is get you in touch. You know what I mean? We're always trying to help if we can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, each other, scratch each other's back. 